Love that. Jesus is. Jesus is. How are we doing, church? I'm happy to be here. I hope you are happy to be here. I want to welcome everyone again. If this is your first time out, uh, welcome to our service. Uh, we are blessed. I hope you understand that. We're blessed to have friends. We're blessed to, to, to have relationships. We're not isolated. Uh, we, we, we love life. We love uh, people. We love God, right? And I, I'm just excited that I have the opportunity to share about God's love today. And so uh, we're in a series right now called Jesus Is. And actually, this is concluding our series. This is it. This is done. Uh, Jesus Is. And so if, if I know someone said no, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's it. But if you haven't been here for the last six weeks, this is a six-part series, you can go to our website. I know some people went to a campus retreat. Some people went to uh, a marriage retreat. And so you can go to our website, which is lighthousecoc.com, and you can watch it, or you can listen to it, or you can watch it and listen to it at the same time. Um, but we are concluding our series on Jesus is. Uh, my, my, my goal today, I, I hope that you feel encouraged today. That's my goal, that you walk away and encourage. And I don't know what situations that you're going through. Maybe it's just a, you're kind of already worried about the week, kind of stressed, anxious, you know, just exhausted, maybe some of you. And I really, I, I believe that you can leave today just full of God's love for you. You believe that? And God is faithful. And, and uh, there's a sense that he can turn your circumstance around. He can turn your situation around. And whatever, again, whatever situation you're going through in life, if it's maybe a, a financial crisis or health situation, I, I believe that we have a God who, who provides, a God that saves, a, a God that delivers, because God is, is faithful. And he can turn you, things around right now and right here. You believe that? Yeah. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4, verse uh, 23. I'm definitely one of those guys who believe that the Bible is the word of God. There's no doubt about that. It, it's God's narrative uh, to, to humanity. And, and I believe that this book is mostly about God. And it's, it's God's love for humanity. And I'm going to do my best to try to make sense of, of the scriptures today. This is Jesus and talking about Jesus, and it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says, He went throughout, went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. I'm going to try to unpack just a portion of the scripture. It says that he healed every disease and every affliction among the people. I want to title this message this morning, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Do you believe that? Jesus is here. Okay, some of you guys believe that. Well, let's, let's, let's start off with a prayer. How's that? Let's pray, okay? Get our hearts in it, you know? Uh, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, we love you because you've loved us first. And in these moments, in these brief moments, as we uh, approach your book, we, we, just, we don't want just information. We want you, God. We want more of you in, in, in our hearts, our mind, and our soul. I pray right now that we just are graceful, grateful for your grace and for your love. I pray right now you just block away the distractions that are going on right now. Help us to see you. You are here, God. 
I pray that we are here for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My wife and I, uh, we, we've been married about five and a half years, a little over five and a half years now. Uh, we're planning on going on six, and uh, we're planning to go longer than that. That's our plan. Our goal is to literally, till one of us passes on and dies, that's, that's our goal. But one of the things in marriage is, um, is there, there's certain words that you avoid in marriage, okay? Uh, we were taught this. Is there's certain words like, like uh, never. You, you don't want to say never in marriage uh, or always. You kind of you stay away from that word always. And the last one is just fat. You just stay away from that word fat. You know, it's just not good. This is be real. You just don't want to say that word in marriage. And so three words that you just stay away from is never, always, and fat. And the reason that we were taught this in marriage counseling, uh, pre-marriage counseling, uh, thankful, we're thankful for the new fields. Uh, they're, they're about five and a half years ago, they helped us in our pre-marriage counseling. We learned a lot in pre-marriage counseling. But the reason that we learn this in pre-marriage counseling, that you want to avoid these certain words in marriage because marriage is about appreciation, appreciating the, the moment that you're in, the season that you're in. And, and so you want to avoid those words because what you're doing is that you're, you're taking the past and you're inflicting it on your, your, your spouse presently. And, and so you, you don't want to use those words. And so now, I, at, at times I can be emotional. I'm sure you can't tell. But uh, there's times I can be emotional in, in, in my relationship with my wife. And there's times where I'm like, well, you always do this. You always do that. And they, they, they teach you. You shouldn't do that. That's not good in marriage. That's not good in a relationship because what you're doing is you're taking the past and you're inflicting it on the present. And so you don't want to do that. You know, you don't want to say, well, you never let me do that. I mean, again, you're taking the past. Let the past be the past. Sound like a great counselor right now. I'm not, okay? But you never, you never want to do that. You know, you want, to, you want to stay from words from like always and never. And I just threw out fat because that's just bad. You don't want to put that, you don't want to put each other down in relationships. But um, I, I'm not good at this, which brings me to the point of, about Jesus that I, I think is just so extraordinary about Jesus. Because Jesus, he, he will not only, you know, he won't inflict your, your past on, on you presently, but he also, I don't know if you know about this, about Jesus. Jesus has the ability called foreknowledge. He, he knows about your future. I don't know if you know that. He, you know, God knows about your future. And, and so he's so gracious and he's so loving that he won't inflict your, your past on you presently, but he won't inflict your future on you presently. I mean, that's just extraordinary. I don't know about you, but that for me, that's just like, amen. Like, that's awesome. Because any time that I get this sense that, you know, uh, about someone or you know, someone's going to do me wrong, I'm like, hey, 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 what's going on? Right? But, but with God, he, he's so extensive and he's so extraordinary. His love, his love is present. His love is here. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, that Jesus is present. Jesus is here said that earlier. Do you believe that? That Jesus is here. We walked into church today. You know Jesus is here? Okay, some of you guys don't, still don't believe that. I don't know. Are you just quiet? You're thinking about something else. Which, which brings me to this passage that we read earlier in, in, in Matthew's gospel. 
We'll read it again. It says, And he went out throughout all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And I thought to myself, I mean, come on, every? Like every. Yeah, come on, really? Every? I mean, it doesn't say every good sick person. I mean, it doesn't say every deserving sick person. And certainly doesn't say every righteous sick person. It says every sick person. He says that he, he went out healing every disease and every affliction among the people. I mean, I started thinking about this. Like, wait a second. That means he healed hands that would hurt. He healed eyes that would lust. He healed feet that, that would run away. I'm like, Jesus, you got to like use this like foreknowledge like more effectively, you know? Because if I, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, okay, it's healing time. Okay, let's, let's line up everybody together. You know, we're going to heal you guys. And so, uh, this, okay, you want to be healed? Yeah, I bet you do. I know what you're going to do with those hands. Let's move along here, you know? Let's get out of here. You know, you want to be healed? I, I know what you're going to do with those eyes. Right? Aren't you grateful that you and I aren't Jesus? But think about this. He heals bad people. He, he heals people who use his miracles to do, and they can do bad things. I mean, which brings me kind of to, to, to another situation in Luke's gospel. I don't know if you heard about this story. Maybe some of you have and some of you haven't. But, but these guys have leprosy. And there's exactly 10 of them. And they're pleading with Jesus to heal them. And he heals all 10 of them. But he knows the exact percentage of who's going to be grateful and thankful for his healing. And the percentage is one. It's 10%. That's right, right? One, one guy. What's 10, 10%, right? I took like pre-algebra like 20 years ago. So, I mean, but think about this. 10%. I mean, let's just be honest. If you got 10 people in front of you and you know that out of the 10, only one's going to be grateful. Will you heal all, all nine of them? I wouldn't. Maybe you would, but I wouldn't. I mean, again, I'd be like, okay, who wants to be healed? Okay, okay, I'm just going to heal this guy because I know all nine of you are just ungrateful and unself-seeking and, and, you know. But the scripture says, and it's in Luke 17, I'm not going to read it, but it says that they were cleansed. He said that you're healed. I mean, he didn't take away the healing. He, he heals bad people. I mean, we, we talk about it in church that, you know, Jesus, he loves bad people, right? He loves sinners. I mean, he takes it a step higher. He, he heals bad people. He, he heals people who would take the healing and, and could do bad things. I mean, think about it. What, what, God, what motivates this? I mean, what kind of love is this? Which kind of brings me to the next portion that I, I kind of want to focus on today. It's a story that a lot of us, if you've been around church for a while, it's, uh, a lot of us are familiar with. If you're, you're new to church, maybe you haven't heard this story. But it's a story where, where Jesus raises this, this man named Lazarus from the dead. And kind of the story goes is that, you know, Jesus is in this, this different town, and this guy Lazarus passes on, and he hears about this guy Lazarus' death, and he, and he goes to 
to see him. But Jesus is late, by the way, which is another sermon in itself, you know. I always feel like Jesus sometimes can be late on things. But he's late. And it says that he, once he heard the news, he waited two more days. And then he headed out to, to, to go heal this guy. And it literally took him literally four days before he, he healed this guy, Lazarus. And the reason he did this, and I tend to believe it myself, is that, uh, you know, the Jews believed that, you know, there was no hope for, for resurrection on the fourth day. And, and so literally on the fourth day, it was a custom that the, after the third day, on the fourth day, they would, it was, they would bury him. It would be like officially over. And I believe that Jesus, the reason he, he waited on the fourth day is that he, he wanted people to know that he had the power of life and death. Now something very kind of odd unfolds in this story before he heals Lazarus. And maybe some of us are familiar, maybe some of you guys are knowing where, where I'm kind of going. But it's pretty odd because he's coming down this road and, and, he, and he's coming to heal this guy Lazarus. And so when he gets there, it says that he cries. And, and I, I, maybe I'm not smart enough to understand this, but I'm pretty sure I read on. And I'm, I have the luxury of reading on. It's like, boy, Jesus, you're going to heal him. I mean, why, why would you waste those emotions? I mean, I, maybe I'm just a guy, but I'm like, why would you waste emotions? I mean, did you not know? I mean, this is kind of mysterious, you know? I mean, this is like literally like the shortest verse in the Bible. If you had to like memorize any like scripture, it's like two words, Jesus wept. You know, John eleven thirty five. 35. I mean, but Jesus, he cried. I mean, why did, why did, why did he weep? I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I kind of just want to know. I mean, he's going to heal Lazarus. I mean, did he waste those tears? I mean, does he waste them on, on his healing powers on, on people who are going to do bad things? Did, did he waste it on you know, nine, nine lepers? I mean, logically, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But wait a second. What do you think about this? God doesn't waste anything. That, that doesn't act consistently to, to the character of his nature. Nothing of God, nothing about God is wasteful. God, by definition, is purposeful of all things. Everything is done completely with intention. I mean, there's no like, oops, with God. There's like, oh, no. There's none of that with God. So Jesus cries. Why? I mean, what, what's, what's the message here? I mean, I... I I remember just like, kind of studying this out, and I don't know why I just want to know. I'm just like, I mean, why did he cry? I just have this, like, I just want to know. And so it kind of dawned on me. You know, it's because Jesus, his love is always now. I want you to think about this. Jesus' love is always now. Jesus is here. Consider the self-control knowing that he's going to heal Lazarus. But before he does that, he has so, so much empathy and so much love and so much pain for humanity, he takes time to cry. I mean, Jesus doesn't fake tears. And he cries 
with Mary and Martha, who's the brother, I mean, yeah, who's the sister of this, 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 this guy. I mean, I want you to think about this, how extraordinary Jesus is. He heals bad people. He, he blesses bad people. And even though when he, he, he knows, and I don't mean to belittle grief or, or belittle the desire of empathy in grief, but Jesus is ever-present. Do you, do you realize how extraordinary Jesus' love is? I mean, he understands. I, I love this verse right here. It says he knows that we are formed and he remembers that we are dust. It says he remembers that we are dust. He gets that we don't get eternity here on earth. And in, in these moments, the, the resurrection changes everything. We get to have eternity together in, in heaven. I mean, that's something we should hold on to, that we get to have eternity in, in heaven. That should be the, the major theme of our life on this planet because pain is real, and pain is deep, and there's a lot of pain. And, and Jesus comes to Mary and Martha, and he says, let's cry. Let's cry. Now, I ran into this verse in, in Romans you know, 12, 15. It says, rejoice for those who rejoice, and, and weep with those who weep. And, and if you're familiar with church, you know, we, we, you know, we use this scripture. We, you know, we, we want to love people. And so we, we want to weep with people who, who weep. But, but that's Jesus. Think about that. That's Jesus. He knows everything, and yet he will weep with you. Because he's present, and he's now, and, and he's here. Don't you understand this? His love is available. It doesn't afflict your past on you. I mean, Jesus is amazing. He, he, doesn't, he won't afflict your future on you as well. He'll love you now. He'll heal you now. He'll minister you now. He will be with you now. You see how extraordinary God is? You guys with me? Okay, you guys are. No, um... 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I don't have time to read all this, but I encourage you today, if you have time today, which I'm sure you have time, but if you have time, go to 1 Corinthians 13 and read it. I mean, this is like, if you're familiar with church, this is like, kind of like the love chapter. And, and I remember reading 1 Corinthians 13, and forgive me for my pride, but I, I used to think 1 Corinthians 13 was about me and my love for God. And I realized 1 Corinthians 13 is describing God's love. It is describing the, the, the length, the depth, and, and the height of God's love. Because God's love never fails. God's love is faithful. God's love is consistent. And God's love is today. And God's love is it's now. Because Jesus is here. You, you don't have to worry about carryovers. You don't have to worry about him Reaching into your past and bringing into, you know, into your present. You, you, by definition, can enjoy Jesus today and right now at this moment. You know that? I love the scripture. It says, 
perfect love casts out fear. I mean, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect, perfected, finished, accomplished love. Jesus' perfect and, 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 and finished love of all humanity. And if you're, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of, of, of Jesus, this gives us a license to never fear again. And the fear of God is better yet to say the, the awe of God. We, we're in awe of God because we, we, that fear has been removed. Fear of the future, fear of, of our repeating our past. We, we've been completely and utterly free. We don't have to anticipate anything wicked or, or evil. All we can anticipate is good things because of Jesus. Now, will challenges come? Will difficult times come? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's life, you know. That's how, kind of this how this planet works, right? But we're free to, to enjoy the love of Jesus. His perfect and, and it's his perfect love casts out fear. And fear of the past, fear of, of, of expectation of bad things. I mean, we have Jesus' love because Jesus is sovereign. He's in self-control. He's, Jesus is present. Jesus' love is today. And we've been set free. It says here in, in Matthew, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I love that. You'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and, and, and my burden is light. He says, come to me and, and I'll, I'll show you what real rest is about. I just want to urge you today to... to to lean in to this present love of Jesus that we have. Now, I'll end it with this, you know. Being a parent, <laughs> parenting has been a unique experience, okay? And I'm sure for most of you guys, you know that if you're a parent. And um, our son Ryan, he, uh, he turns two in, in 12 days. And if you were here Tuesday, um, you know, his adoption, we've been um, through this grueling adoption process with Ryan, and, and Tuesday it was final. He's done. He, he, it's, it's, he's finally a Tejeda. And um, I, I love this kid. I love him so much. And even though at times it could be gloriously, wonderfully challenging, you know, raising him, and I realized one day, you know, I was kind of embarrassed to, you know, kind of realize this about myself. But I remember thinking like, man, Anthony, sometimes you're just so fickle about things, you know, because I remember thinking, you know, he's, he's getting older. And, I, and I'm like, man, I wish I miss him, you know, when he was like seven months old or eight months old and so adorable. He's so adorable now. And then I started like thinking about stuff back and forth. And I'm like, you know, going like thinking like, okay, man, I can't wait to like, um, he can, like, change himself or, you know, he doesn't have diapers, you know. I can't wait to, like, uh, he, you know, he can buckle himself up, you know. We have to use a car seat. And I remember thinking, I can't wait to, he, he feeds himself, you know. I can't wait, bear with me, he can wipe himself, you know. I, I can't wait to, like, or he can feed himself and drive himself around because I don't have to take him to daycare. And, and, then, and then, then I was like, I can't wait, you know, but I miss him when he was, like, 
a year old, and, 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 and the cycle goes on and on. And I remember, like, the Holy Spirit just, like, telling me, kind of nudging me and saying, Anthony, what do you want? Do you want to go forward? Do you want to go backwards? Or, or do you just want to enjoy today? And that's what Jesus is telling us today. That's what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is a today Jesus. Jesus is a now Jesus. He doesn't get caught up of what happens tomorrow. He won't get caught up. He certainly won't get caught up of what happened yesterday. Enjoy today. I mean, doesn't Jesus say that in Matthew 6? He says, don't worry about tomorrow. He's like, enjoy t- today. I mean, enjoy Jesus' love and his present love that's now and, and here. Because Jesus is with you. And he's for you. And he loves you. Amen? You know, I, I don't know what you guys are going through. I can't pretend to imagine some of you guys are going through. I, I know there's challenging stuff going on in life. But I, I just, I get this sense today. I don't know, I, I get this sense today. I don't know if, if God just telling me or if just telling me, but just to tell some of you guys, you just need to relax. I mean, is that all right to say that in church? Tell you to relax? You just need to lean in and... and and enjoy his love. Enjoy yourself today. I mean, before you know, we're, we're going to be in heaven. I mean, life was going to be over. And we, we don't have many days of hoping of all the glory days and, and wishing things in the, pa- in the past or, or wishing stuff in the future. I mean, you think about it, all we have is today. We serve a God of today. And Jesus will weep with you today. He'll laugh with you today. He'll be with you today. I hope you understand that. He he knows what you're going through. He knows it. Just lean into him. Talk to him. Communicate to him. Because he loves you. He loves you so much. Now, I've been, I've been a Christian for about 18 years now, and um, I've shared this before, but probably if you knew me 10 years ago, um, I had this pattern in, in my Christian walk. I just couldn't shake it. You know, there's times where I'm like doing, I was like going, I was like soaring high, doing really well for a good like five, six months, and then bam, I would drop down. And I would do high, high and then drop, and it was like this roller coaster. And when I, when I was going down, I was like down. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I felt like I wasn't close to God. And, and, and I just had this cycle over, up and down, up and down. I was, that was, I was just known for my Christian walk for being like that. And then about eight years ago, it was probably one of the hardest times in my life spiritually. And I really contemplated if I wanted to stay faithful. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this because I'm just, this is my pattern. Up and down, up and down. And I remember just thinking, like, man, I don't know what I want, God. I mean, I most definitely believe in God. But, I, like, at the time, I, I couldn't really talk to people and because it was my own pride and, you know, the kind of the sin I was in. And, and I remember I felt like God was telling me. Honestly, I felt like God was telling me, like, when am I not enough? So since when am I enough? Not enough each and every day. And, and, and I'm telling you, the reason I'm, 
I've been consistent with my walk with God is I, I, I said, okay, you're enough. I'm just going to take it a step at a time. I'm going to take it a day at a time, but each day, you're enough, God. And I, and I wouldn't be standing here on my own two feet if it wasn't the short love of, of Jesus and the sanity that he brings in my life. My, my prayer for you is that you guys experience that too. That Jesus is enough. He's enough each and every day. You know why? Because Jesus is here. Jesus is here. I asked you earlier, believe Jesus is here? I hope you do. I want you to think about this. You know, we always, you know, we, we always want to leave a discussion question and a statement at the end of our services. But I want you to think, you know, Jesus is here. But what are some of the things that are preventing Jesus to be here in your heart? I'm sure there's a laundry list. Work, finances, you know, lack of relationships, maybe lack of relationship with God. I mean, again, the list goes on. But what are some of the things in your heart that prevents them, prevents them from being here? And how can you focus of seeing Jesus here? Now, we're going to take communion in a second. And um, we, know, we know Jesus is here. The question is, are you here? And I, and I, want, you to, I want you to think, as we take communion... It, communion is about the cross and what Jesus done for us on the cross and the salvation that we have and the forgiveness of sin that we have. And I want to encourage you that, you know the cross is here? I know the cross was 2,000 years ago, but he forgives you today. The cross is here. He doesn't have to go on the, uh, he doesn't have to die again. He already did it. The cross is here. And Jesus' love for you is here, and he'll forgive you today. You just need to go to him and ask for forgiveness. You need to be here. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray for communion right now. And uh, we're going to have one more song, and then we have another surprise after this. And so let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, just want to come before you and just thank you for being here in our lives. If, if you're not here uh, in some of our hearts, I pray that you get here. Help us to see you. Help us to, to be connected to you. Help us to embrace your forgiveness. Please forgive us for any things that we, the things that we do daily. And help us to embrace who you are and what the cross is about. We desperately need you to be a part of our lives I just want to thank you so much for your forgiveness that you bring. We love you. We thank you for being a part of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.